I'm Jonathan Facka, and this room sounds great. So the song's about how I don't want to have kids, but I would if I got famous or something. Mm. And I could have, if I could have the kid and make sure the kid was like Jaden Smith. Sure. And never had to work again. Sure. And that kid's gonna have a nice life full of happiness and not working. I just need this album to come out and then um, I can die. But I can't die just yet. So that's why I've been exercising January 30th and I can croak. And actually, if I did die, then the album would probably do a whole lot better. Because, I mean, let's be honest, no one cares about my Spotify or anyone else's. Joining us on our inaugural episode there you go. of Shaco Sessions, the podcast, or the Shaco Sessions podcast. Or either or, you, you'll decide. Where does the definite article go? Who knows? Jonathan Becca. Hi. Hello. Oh, hello. It's nice to have a one-on-one conversation with you. I was introduced to your music uh, many moons ago. BC before COVID. Whoa, that is oh BC. I love that. <laughs> and you were performing at the Writers Round at the Dark Room here in Richmond. Yes, uh, that was put on by the Mixtape. A great, we love them, friends of the studio. Right, uh, Whitney Caroline. Uh-huh. We love her. And I thought your songwriting and your singing was just beautiful. Thank you. So thank you for being here. Uh, and as I went through uh, your catalog and was listening to everything, one that stood out for me. And it was that night as well, was the tree. Boom. Yes. I thought the imagery was so amazing. I mean, you're an amazing storyteller already. You paint beautiful wow. pictures with Thank your you. words. I feel like I'm right there. And it's, I hope you know, wildly sincere and earnest when you sing. It's incredible. But the imagery for this one in particular, and of course, we're going to talk to you and get to know you, but yeah, sure. I have been excited to share with you and to share with everyone. If you just listen to the beginning, just this image that you paint with words is amazing. So let's listen to this real quick like. Okay. In three feet of snow. Under 10,000 stars in the waking night The branches they glow The little beads of ice in the full moon's light You disappeared long ago Life has a funny way Taking us down a certain road Should you need to find me You know where I'll be When it all comes down You can meet me at the tree I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, You know, rhyming something that's not completely trite and predictable is a skill in my mind. (laughs) You do that really well. Um, yeah, oh, I'm trying to think. What What are you talking about? The rhyme there. Oh, uh, just when you say uh, you say something about where you go, and you, you you rhyme it with road instead of something that just ends with an with another O. Oh, long ago. Mm-hmm. Down long with ago. road. Mm-hmm. Huh? Are you impressed with yourself again? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I just never thought that. I just never. No, I was I was saying I never thought of that as particularly. Special, but I think I'm, it's sweet. It stands out. I think so it's this, crazy how some people can 
see something special that I never really thought is special. That's it was jarring just now because I was like, you thought that was special because I didn't think that. Was You're speaking to us, Jonathan. So this is who we're speaking to, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a Richmond native? No. I was born in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, periodically live in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay with my cousin, uh, but uh, ever since COVID, I've been more down here. Okay. And how long have you been doing this? And what is going to define success for you as a singer-songwriter? Ooh, uh, that's great. Deep um, breath. I've been doing this for... Since I really started doing it, like, professionally, 2017. Okay. So I'm kind of fresh out. Mm-hmm. But I've played guitar all my life. And I uh, used to be, like, a meat cutter for Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> 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 and then one day I was like... Uh, it's Take this job and here. shove it. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't actually, because <laughs> I actually still love them. But uh, you know, that's not what I loved to do. Doesn't mean I don't love the people there. And then the other part of the question. Sorry, I'm. What's your aim, buddy? I was talking about this um, the other day with my friend, and I said, you know, all I really want to do is have people. Be excited when I make a release. Uh, you know they want to. They want to talk about what. What do. What do these lyrics mean? Like they care enough and respect me enough that they want to analyze my music. Like I analyze my favorite musicians' music. Well, speaking of not only analyzing existing music, but having someone want to create music for them, you are about to drop a new entire album at the end of the month on the 29th. Yes, you're going to be with us on Shaco Sessions live uh, next week. Indeed. Um, tell me, you literally had a music commission. I mean, I've heard of artist commission. I've I've heard of, you know, culinary commissions. But you had someone ask you to write a song for them. That's right. Their names are Ben and Kimberly Hall. They're now married. And they asked me to write them a song to dance to at their wedding. Um, the story is actually crazy. I play Xbox. And I met Ben in Forza uh, Horizon. I was playing the game. It was raining. He came up and he beeped the horn at me. And I was like, who's this guy? Let me get him in the in the chat. So who are you? Why are you beeping your horn at me? He goes, I'm Ben. You want to race or something like that? I don't remember exactly how it and went. did he rev his engine? I guess so. Yeah. He was revving and beeping and really trying to get my attention. I was playing Sudoku. You know, I wasn't really paying attention. And uh, so... Yeah, I found out he's in the Air Force, builds missiles. He's been to Korea. And uh, then he got stationed in New Jersey where he met Kim. And then he got moved to Florida. And they stuck together by Skyping and stuff. So some of the key word uh, lyrics in the song are, it's all the long distance that made us stronger, um, which is referring to that. But also the timeliness of the release also can have people... Um, thinking I'm referring to COVID-19 or, you know, because of distance and all that. So I thought it was just perfectly timed. And yeah, it would have never happened if it wasn't for them. And I went up to New Jersey on December the 6th and I watched the, them actually dance to my song. The DJ was like, uh, he wanted to talk to me and he was like, so this is your song, right? You didn't like steal it. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, look, man, there are songwriters in the world. And I'm one of them. And that a doesn't good mean one. A, that doesn't. Well, man, he, he he thought it was he thought it was yeah I guess too good to be true. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was a beautiful dance, a beautiful wedding. I uh, drank too much alcohol. 
And that's uh, a wedding. Opa. Opa. Oh man. And then they're like their hors d'oeuvres were quesadillas, by the way. Little one, bite-sized ones, or huge? Yeah, like like, like little slices of quesadilla. Ooh. And big vat of sour cream. Well, I guess like it was like it was they were being safe COVID-wise. So you're talking about everybody's going the dipping into the big bowl of sour cream. That's not what happened at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really excited. And then the, so we released the video of them actually dancing to the song. Um as the music video for the song. And that came out on New Year's Day. And that's out right now on Instagram TV and YouTube. It's beautiful. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's just because they are beautiful. I remember talking to Ben on, or Ben Ben first asked me um, if I would write the song and they would help me do a video. I uh, remember thinking, please don't be ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Please make for good video. Right, right. And they are definitely not ugly. At all. We'll play a little snippet, and then I want you to tell me more about the entire album. So this is the terminal. This was written for a couple for their wedding, and the video is them dancing at their wedding. You're bringing out the schmoopy in me. I've been everywhere from Greenland, Pintar and Narita For two long years in Pyeongtaek and Greensand Well, that's where I never thought that I'd find love in New Jersey It's all so fast-paced, there's so little time But when I saw you on the phone, well, I knew that you were different And I'd apologized for having been so distant Caught up with my life Building missiles and wishing That I could land Someone like you Well it's all the long distance That made us stronger And I think about you Every day when I am gone But I know that you will wait for me In the terminal The same way that I'd wait for you There had to have been so many tears so <laughs> yes, um, actually, um, I actually revealed the song to them prior over mm-hmm. Zoom, and I recorded the, the Zoom. Yes, there were some tears. Wow. Okay, tell us about the the entire album is called the Tarmac. The Tarmac. Tell us, tell us what the inspiration was for the other songs. No one else commissioned you to write other songs. Right? No, no. <laughs> but that song is on the record actually because it just fit the it fit the theme. And you know, when they asked me to write the song, I actually kind of wanted to stick with the kind of aviation theme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The basic idea is I have a tremendous fear, a claustrophobia in general. In real life. Airplanes. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're cootie capsules. Not even that. It's just like when you're up in that tube in the sky, you got nowhere to go but down. Um, So no way out when you're up there. No way out when you're up there. The only thing you can do is go sit and stand in the bathroom and look in the mirror and say, oh, three hours left or whatever, and you just sit up there. And uh, so I had a really terrible flight to Denver when I went out to play a show there. Um, Spirit Airlines wouldn't recommend it. I don't want to, like, bash any, like— When flights are under $50, you're going to get what you pay for. It was it was 88 so I thought <laughs> okay, it was classy. No, okay. <laughs> That's not first that, class, my dear. It was business dear. class. <laughs> $88. Spirit, spirit business, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, the way there was have, just terrible. They're wearing clip-on ties. They're not even real ties. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> It was my first flight ever. 
and there was this random guy next to me. I was by myself. And from takeoff to land, it's about three hour, three and a half hour flight. It's not that bad. Was, I've been told, but it was bad for me. Turbulence the entire time. Pilot was apparently trying different altitudes, and he got a, uh, he said, uh, tried every altitude. You're just going to have to deal with it. But at one point, it was shaking so bad that the lights started flickering in the cabin. There's a woman in the back screaming about Jesus. Dude man sitting there on his uh, iPad watching Shrek. Just chilling. Just hanging out. Hey, everybody handles stress in their own way, Jonathan. Yeah, takes an earbud out and goes, this is your first flight ever? I go, yeah. He goes, uh, wow, that sucks. He puts up earbud. I go, <laughs> that was it. I complained to Spirit about it, and they upgraded me to a big leather chair for the ride back. And the ride back... Tons of turbulence. But Wonderful. did it feel better in the leather chair? No, I just wanted to land. And I just didn't want to ever do that again. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I digress. What's the album about? The album is about basically the, 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 there's an aviation theme to it. But the main line in the tarmac is once you leave the tarmac, there is no turning home. I actually performed that song for Hourglass Sessions just recently in the Main Street Station building. The one with the oh, clock on it. beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I rented that whole building. Just because just felt like doing it. And um, did you run around so it could e in screaming oh, so your voice echoed? We used that building, <laughs> trust me. And for the, you know, because I, I dropped a pretty penny. But uh, once you leave the tarmac, once we leave the tarmac, there is no turning home. Essentially, I'm saying I think this album is going to be so good that I'm going to get famous. And is that what I want? Do I really want fame? That's basically what it means. Actually, no, that's that's not what it means. What do you mean? Departing for anything new, trying anything new. Ooh. I remember like coming out and uh, saying, I don't want to be a, a meat cutter anymore. It's cold in here. I want to chase my dreams of playing music. And I went to an open mic where I played covers. And then I met this younger kid. His name is Tony Ferris, and he was writing all these songs. And I was like, you know, I'll write some songs. So, yeah, I got the start by taking that leap and not being afraid. And that's pretty much the whole theme. You can shift gears anytime you want in life. Yeah, and through this conversation because I'm just like going all over the that's place. That's right. What do you think of the Richmond music scene? What's your favorite thing, and, and what do you wish were different about it? I wish there were shows. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know what you mean. Uh, so we Let me grab my wand out of my, yeah, my backpack over here. We could talk about as if it were 2019. Mm. And I would say uh, it's pretty tight knit. It's uh, used to be the Richmond music scene was like metal music and a lot of like guar, heart, heart guar guar. and the like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Lamb of God and mm -hmm. all that. And then uh, I don't know, some singer songwriters started emerging. And um, I have the camel to thank for giving me a place to play. It's my favorite venue to play. But basically the community, aside from maybe a couple shaky flakes or, you know, you know, a couple interesting characters that want to, you know, crap in the punch bowl. Other than that, mm -hmm. uh, I'd say 99% all amazing people. I feel like from what I've seen, everybody knows there's enough to go around. Everybody knows they're unique. And I just, there isn't a sense of cutthroat competition. Everybody is eager. There are some people with more ego than others. But what I really like is everybody knows there's a space for them. And so they're, and they're so supportive. That is very true. And when I first started out, I had a cynical view and I thought really, I thought everybody out there must not be supportive at all. But then all the artists that I had seen circulating around, um, 
most all of them have just been the most polite people mm -hmm. and supportive. And even if they don't care about your music, they pretend that they do. And I try to do that for people that come up to me. Absolutely. If I'm in a bad mood and I don't care about their music right then and there, they don't need to know that. Or I could at least like tell them to email me so I get a reminder to check it out. I'm definitely interested, you know. That's conscientious of you. Yeah, but it's like you got to do that. You got to be kind. Mm -hmm. For me lately, at least with the whole COVID and stress, it's been harder. It's been harder and harder to find the kindness. You know what I mean? It's there. Yeah, it's there. And it's, and there. it's, it's, and it's worth important. the effort. Yes, 100%. Just trying to be kind. What has been one of your favorite performances? Have you performed outside the U.S. or just in the States? Never outside of the okay. U.S. My favorite performance ever, probably Manhattan, So Far Sounds headquarters. Ooh. Sold the F. I mean, like people were being <laughs> turned away at the wow. door. <laughs> but that's like with So Far shows, no one knows who's playing. So it's like they didn't come to see me. They all listened. Mm -hmm. The whole room was silent and it was packed. Unbelievable. And if you look at, I mean, you look out the window where I was, and I was right next to the Freedom Tower where the Trade Center used to mm -hmm. stand. Oh, what a show. And then a close second, probably uh, Boston was cool. Boston? Boston. It was a weird one. I did uh, So Far for them as well. I love So Far shows. This one was unmiked. So like an unplugged. Yeah, and I did a whole set with Thalia Tomowski mm -hmm. from The Tree. She's on The Tree, yeah. Um, she sang on all my other songs, and she actually goes to Berkeley. So Her voice like, is stunning. Yeah, and she's actually got her own, like, you know, she's been doing some solo stuff, and she's studying uh, engineering up there, or music engineering. I can't imagine you get nervous. Um, you wouldn't think I do, but sometimes randomly I do. So what would make you nervous at random times? Uh, Size just, of the crowd, so a new song? Somebody you know in the audience. I just can't imagine you being shy at all. It's not about shyness. It's like random chest flutter, random anxiety mm -hmm. that just kind of pops up to me. It's all triggered by different things. Do you have any pre-show rituals or superstitions? No. I Oh, okay. Here's one. I drink like a Diet Coke. And people say you should drink water, like hot water, not chilled. No, the condens, like the uh, carbonation. Um, but now that I've quit, I kind of quit soda. And drinking alcohol and nicotine. Well, it's been nice talking to you, Jonathan. I hope you have a lovely life. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Oh. I can't conceive. No. I uh, can't see what that's like. Uh, it's actually, uh, I don't know. You like the carbonation in your voice? You like the... Right. The car I'm going to switch mm -hmm. to seltzers. That's what I was going to say. There you go. Because I do like seltzer water. And sometimes I put seltzer water in a wine glass and pretend. You say you've been playing the guitar forever. Oh, uh, yeah, pretty long time, at least 15, probably now 17 years. Are you one that picked it up naturally, or do you have to dedicate the time on a regular basis to, to, to learn it? Or I'm one who, at least internally, I get mad when I can't do something. So you just so keep remember, at it? And... I remember trying the guitar and realizing that I was really bad at it. So I made a vow that day to become the best effing guitar player you ever heard in your damn life. <laughs> that's, but that's actually, to this day, not true. I'm actually not the best. Still such a great spirit and attitude to have. There's so many people <laughs> who will just claim defeat so quickly, and you're like, nope, I'm going to master this. talking about it on my, uh, my podcast. I have a podcast. We don't have to plug it that big. Sure we do. It's called The Way Life Am. It's on uh, Spotify. But I was just talking about how we love the carillon. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have that outdoor space and mm -hmm. we can use it. I used to do yoga there. Right. 
And I was like, I told uh, my guest, I was like, I bet you I could get that place. I said, tell me I can't get the place and that will secure the guarantee that we get it. Because anyone that tells me I can't do something is about to, you know, get proven wrong. It's my guess. Mm-hmm. If, 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 everybody, if, I, if everybody came out and said right in the beginning, Jonathan, you're going to be famous. You're going to make it. You're going to, everyone's going to love your music. You're the next Ed Sheeran. I probably wouldn't have even achieved anything. I probably would have, screw that. I want to do something people think I can't do. Because I like the look on people's faces <laughs> when I, I know it's, a, it's slightly sadistic. For some I, reason, I see your thumbs and your ears going, nanny, nanny, boo, Oh, boo. yeah. No, th- this whole <laughs> thing is a dog and pony show. This whole thing is me going, at people. Like all the people that told me I couldn't, you know what I mean? My whole entire music career is dedicating to crapping on those people. <laughs> That's why. And if they, if but no not one, in the punch bowl. Please not in the not punch bowl. Not in the punch bowl. The punch bowl is a sacred place. Thank you. 100%. We don't like those party people. Be poopers. nice to, like, I'm, I'm not, uh, community wise, I'm all about being polite in the community. But anyone that doubts me, I need that. Okay. Hit me up on Twitter. Say the meanest thing you possibly can. And I'm going to write the best song in the freaking <laughs> world that day. You know what I'm saying? So you've got just a couple of weeks until the album drops. Yes, it's very, very stressful. Oh, my god! You were calling this your promo season. Yeah, the season of the promo. And that is uh, why this falls perfectly into me just trying to build some attention for it. Say, you know, I'm really proud of it. I would say that compared to the last record, this is so much better. The last record was great. Well, I really... when I listen to the old record, I kind of cringe at it. Songwriting, production, what? What about it? It was just the way I sang. I think mm. I'm a. Be- I think I'm a better singer now. Sure, I'm, I imagine that's probably. And yeah, yeah, because you know, I just like started really doing it, and then a year in, just decided to drop it. Really hadn't developed no any, any technique. I almost use improper grammar there. No, no technique. No, I didn't use I didn't no know, technique. I didn't use no technique. But uh, I've evolved uh, singing-wise thanks to my friend Jonathan Brown, who uh, sings on the record and also all over the new record. And Jonathan Brown is like a uh, urban legend around here. If um, if you haven't heard of him, you should. He is the brother of Jalen Brown, Miss Jalen Brown, she goes by. And um, they're twins, and they sing together. They never really promote hard their shows. But whenever a flyer comes up that the, the Brown twins are playing— that place gets packed out mm. because they're just incredible. He's got the voice of an angel, and he's he sings back up for me. He'll be here singing with me on Tuesday. Beautiful. Um, I can't wait to hear. So he'll be singing, and he, he we do these lockstep harmonies that are just uh, every word, and no matter how fast or whatever, he's there with me. And it's very cool, very Simon and Garfunkel-y. But, um, what, is, what is one of the most special songs on the album for you? Um, there's a song called Stones about my father who died of a stroke when he was uh, 51 years old. And uh, I was unable I was unable at the time to buy him a headstone. So he laid in an unmarked grave for three years, actually. And now um, we just got him a, a headstone uh, about three or four days ago. It was a birthday or a Christmas present from my uncle for me. So, but I was Let like, I said, man, you couldn't have waited like 15 minutes or, or sorry, 15 days for my album to drop, you know, cause like, you know, you put a headstone on there and I have a song about how there is none. Uh, you won't find that song if you're looking for it. I was. It comes out on the 29th. 
Okay. <laughs> there you go. So now you can sit and wait I, ju- I just get the teaser. The, oh, the okay. Terminal Actually, teaser. there is a there is a there's recording. A, there's a live version. There's a live version of Stone at the Camel. Oh, mm-hmm. live at the Camel. This is a record I am so proud of and nobody knows about. We do now. <sighs> now y'all know. The world will know. Love it. I did it right before COVID shut everything down. Call the bank, can't seem to get enough. Went and got a scratcher with my last ten bucks. Got C's, B's, and D's on the bottom of the card. Thinking, how am I so down on my luck? It's cause I'm not free like you. This world is so big and cruel. I watched them lay you down with their gardening tools And I couldn't even buy you a stone No, I couldn't even buy you a stone It's a little sad. That (laughs) has got some gravity to it. Thank you. I mean, it's gorgeous, but obviously writing what we know is, is smart. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is... Yeah, it's all right. He's got a stone now. Mm Mm-hmm. A headstone. See, I was always worried if I said if I couldn't even buy you a stone, if people would even wonder what that even means. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. You asked why any songs particularly special to me. It's that one because the the album recording actually features some real voicemails that he left me (gasps) before he died. And a lot of my family don't know that they exist. Mm -hmm. Well, if they listen to this, they'll know. This is the first time I've ever told anyone outside of my camp about it. So... Yeah, that song will have some real voicemails that he was leaving me um, up until about four days before he actually died. Jonathan, there's being a storyteller and then there's storytelling. My goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always said you, you can't really wake up one day and go, you know, I would be a folk singer. Or you go uh, like the kid who asks his dad for a guitar for Christmas and says, Dad, I want to be a folk singer. That's not a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, 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 if if it is, then you don't know what folk is. You know, you go to the hat store, you get a nice cowboy hat or a nice one of those folky looking hats with the feather on it. And you go, I'm a folk singer now. No, that's not true at all. You have to have like something tragic happen to you, or at least like I'm not interested in your music if you're a folk singer who just goes. Or I remember this one person wrote a song about, and um. I won't say the person, and I will change exactly what the song was about to a dog. You're so kind. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a song that I hate, and uh, (laughs) tell us how you really feel. Basically, the person I was at an open mic, and the person basically said something along the lines of, "My dog died in the song." And at the end, I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, your dog died." And they're like, "Yeah, I've never owned a dog." I was like, "I immediately, I was like, what kind of sorcery?" Is this dishonesty? I don't. But I don't, did you believe it when you were listening yes. to him? Okay, so he sang it with conviction. Sure. Okay, that you don't find any merit and admiration in his level of deception. <laughs> I guess sure. There is ab- there is there is a level of merit to that. Sure, I could give him credit where that's due if 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 I must. But I I think that being honest with your music is so important, and being honest to who you are. 
And, and those people that sit down in Nashville, eight people in a room, all right, it's time to write the next hit country song. The, those people are, are monsters. But it could be, I think another facet of that could be as long as it speaks to people, as long as people feel like they can relate and that maybe they could have sung the same thing or, hey, that's my story too. Right. Well, I mean, we can take it back to the idea of the terminal, how I was commissioned to write it. And I wrote it vicariously as Ben. Oh, look at you, Mr. Hippocrate. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But that was with a great purpose. (laughs) You know, some people don't do it with a purpose, I would say. But, you know, I'm a humongous hypocrite. You've got to reevaluate all of your morals right now. That's sorry. Yeah, all my morals are in question. Who knew this podcast was going to be? Well, it's just uh, just, who you are as a man. uh, At least at least have a couple honest songs. And those will be the ones that I want to listen to. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you, I mean, you're clearly a character. Thank you. I think I bet that you have injured yourself in a really embarrassing way. For some reason, I just see you in a physical antic. Uh Nobody knows. Right. But I want you to tell me. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you mine if okay. you tell me yours. All right, fine. Deal. I w- went up to Snowshoe. <laughs> Let me see where it's going already. I guess. I say Snowshoe and you get it. I am, I love skiing. It's one of my favorite things. I actually haven't been. Snowshoe, actually, no, the accident was at Mass of Nothing. I have a whole lot of, I've had a whole lot of skiing accidents. Head injuries, Jonathan? No. Oh, okay. But uh, just ask. I was actually at, never mind on snowshoes at Massa Nutton, aka Massa Nothing. All right. I was making that mountain my B word. You understand? <laughs> I was going, I was carving that thing up. I was killing it. I get to the bottom and uh, I got really cocky. I took my jacket off and I, I had a white t shirt and like Oakley one piece goggles. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. This it's sunny out, you know, I'm actually not cold and I'm just, I'm a little sweaty cause I've been working all day uh, on that mountain. And, uh, I hit a mogul and I had my, I have these special locks on this pair of skis and, uh, they were designed to not break off, but I broke a ski off and I, uh, got airborne actually. <gasps> and my shirt flew up over my head <laughs> and, uh, it had just kind of rained a little bit. Uh, and uh, so there's this nice sheen or sheet of ice on top. And I actually slid for like 150, maybe 200 feet, maybe longer than that. But I just remember laying there looking back and seeing like blood. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then they took me away on a snowmobile oh, on the back of one on a stretcher. Who saw? Like three people that just <laughs> skied by as I'm sitting there screaming, help me, help me. And they just like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. They were shredding it too, Jonathan. Going. They weren't going to stop. Oh, they side-eyed the hell out of me. <laughs> they were like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> they were like, oh, should I help this guy? He's screaming. Mine's not nearly as majestic. Oh, was that majestic? I well, don't know. You were just, I mean, you, you had so much terminology about skiing and you were dominating this mountain. I mean, it just sounds incredible. I would have loved to have seen the oh, wipeout, okay. of course. Well, actually, what probably wasn't that incredible. I'm just an embellisher, really. I would love to to see the wipeout. You're probably in America's Funniest Home Video somewhere. I am. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> we have, I was on America's We have the tape. Let's cue it up, Matthew. <laughs> we, you, do you have the tape? I really was on America's Funniest Home Videos. My sister played a prank on me, and I was on the show. They I was uh, they aired the entire thing. It came back from commercial, aired it, and she put a penny on my forehead, and I was, like, smacking the hell out of myself. Wait, the penny was on your forehead, but you were smacking the back of your head? 
Okay, so the trick is, I tell you to take a penny and stick uh-huh. it on your head. Right. And then... You stick it on your forehead. Hit, you hit your head like this and, and, and see how many times you hit the back of your head till it to falls into your hand. Okay. But then she goes, oh, no, I lost count. And then she takes the penny <laughs> off. But because it had previously been there, there's this, psych, there's this thing that goes on in your brain where you think it's there. So for like two minutes, I'm smacking myself. I'm like, oh, man, this must be a world record. You know what I mean? But no. She took the penny off, and it was a prank. And Bob Eubank, or whatever the hell his name is, he was making fun of me like crazy. Uh, Can you read what this was going to be, one of my questions for you? What's the best practical joke you've ever pulled or seen pulled? (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, There, well, we just covered that, that because I can't can't believe you said that I... uh, Yeah, I can't believe you actually didn't know I was on America's Funny 7 Videos. Yeah, I was. Mm. I've been around. We're on the same beam. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'll, I think I know where the video is, but I I know it's personally like probably unlisted on my YouTube because I was like I was tired of people watching it and making fun of me. Please share that on your Instagram. Not on the Instagram. No, no, no. That's sacred. I'll share it to you. That's sacred. You, okay. You see it in private. Okay. And uh, just know that yeah, it was definitely on there, and someone recognized me in a Seven Eleven. They were like, "You were on America's Funniest Home Videos." Jonathan Facca, everybody. Uh, uh, your your album drops January 29th. It is The Tarmac. We can find you on Spotify. Where where else can we find you on the socials, the YouTubes, the Twitter grams, the Facebooks? Where? Please follow my Instagram at Jonathan Facca. You don't have to do anything else. When you come to my show, when you come to see me at a burger joint, you don't have to give me tips. Nothing. Okay? There's people that walk out and they go, hey, good job. And they don't give me a tip. I'm like, what are you, what, what is this? I'm going to pay my phone bill with some, with you telling me good job. Get out of here. Scram. Scram. Good job. I know. I know good job. Give me money. That's why I'm here. I'm here to, to professionally do a good job. It is my job to do a good job so that you give me money. You understand? <laughs> I don't need your compliments. Okay? Oh, my gosh. I need a tissue. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He find, his Instagram feed is very sacred. And then, of course, I'm, I know— Oh, I, it's my—my my Instagram, I, I don't love anything else more in this world. And don't tell my girlfriend I said that. Or songwriting. Or— <laughs> Or any— well, or I, mean, I, guess if I, I guess if I wasn't a songwriter, then I wouldn't have the opportunity to have such a banging awesome Instagram. <laughs> I would just say. And then you're going to be here with us on Chaco Sessions Live, which is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm really, really excited about that. Jonathan Brown, who I previously mentioned, is going to be singing with me along with uh, Andrew Magruder on the violin. He is a um, freaking world-class fiddle player. Insane. He plays all over my records, and he's been playing with me for years. He's a, he's part of like my full band if I piece it all together. I have a new cello player, but he's not coming. Right on. But it's okay. Get it together. It's going to be, it's a great, it's a great format. You guys are in for a treat, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. because Which I, well, because I'm in for a treat. I always love performing with them. What is your website? JonathanFacca.com. Probably not a lot of competition for that name, huh? Nope. I got a good question for you. Go ahead. Since you're a songwriter, you do have special ones people commission you. Have you ever written a song, maybe when you were younger, that just made you cringe? That you look back either on the title or the lyrics now, yeah. and you're mortified. Yeah, I wrote what a song called I Love My Mama. <laughs> go on. I did. It's her favorite, though. Maybe. I don't even think she remembers it. How's it go? I love my mama. Yes, I do. I love my mama. You should, too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Did God. you say anything about her? Did you write anything about her specifically? No. No, Do you just it. repeat it those just, lines yeah. on guitar? 
Yeah, it was like A E D. How old were you? <laughs> Probably like thirteen. Oh, no. <laughs> I was gonna say six. No, <laughs> uh, that's why I knew that was gonna be the kicker. I think I wrote it as a joke because uh, beforehand I was a stand-up comedian. I was a stand-up comedian before I did music. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wrote like funny songs. Mm-hmm. So I really thought, I guess I wrote that song from like a standpoint of, it'd be really funny if I wrote a song about my mama and I'm like, you know, I got hair in my armpits now. <laughs> <laughs> and I spend way too much time in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being our first time. I know. I love being everyone's first time. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone remembers their firsts. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've been the first a lot of times. And this is, uh, there's no exception to how this one I found very enjoyable. This is the best first time. This will always be the best first time for uh, at least this show. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap. 